Welcome to JT Data Talk, your one stop shop for opinionated analysis and witty banter on data circulating the internets. Welcome back to JT Data Talk. We are going to go over some spooky things today. It's going to be a scary show. <laughs> be careful. You might want to turn back. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the new show on Netflix called The Haunting of Hill House. I actually haven't watched it yet. I, I'm not going to watch it. I'll just be honest. I do not like horror movies, horror shows, or anything that makes me have a nightmare at night. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. The The trailer scared me enough. I sent it to my <laughs> wife and I said, hey, I saw this new this new series from Netflix and it's getting all these good reviews. comes out the 12th and she's like, have you watched this yet, this trailer? She's like, I don't think this is something we're interested in. <laughs> you know, and, and I was listening to the radio a couple days ago, and they were making the case with data, and I don't know what the source was, but that the reason why people like horror shows and, and horror films and all that is because of how good they feel when it's over. Yeah, interesting. There's a sense of relief. <laughs> it's a sense of relief that you lived through that whole okay. horrible situation. So apparently... The best thing about a horror uh, piece of content is when it's over. Yeah, you feel like it's a journey. Like, <laughs> sure, nine out of ten people died, but I was the one. I survived. made it. Yeah. Um, but the real kind of spooky thing with all of this is is how much money Netflix is investing in content. Uh, close to eight billion dollars is what it was estimated at. Holy this year, guacamole! There's a lot of subscription is insane, money then, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very public number since they're, they're a public company and it shows how much they're trying to really create content. I feel like the content has gotten better, uh, from the original side, but what's lacking is I can never find something to watch. That's right. If you're not watching one of their original series, I agree. We just kind of stopped going there to find a film that an old film. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I do try and check it, but it quite often isn't there. Uh, yeah, I leave disappointed a lot. Yeah. Um, and most of their original series I'm not into. Uh, so I'm kind of limited. You yeah. Know, you, watch, you watch the new hot one, and you binge watch it, and then you're, you're done. For well, it's kind, it is while. kind of a big bet when you're betting on those original series because mm-hmm. some of them make it. Very few. Yeah. And... There's a lot of people that are jumping in the race. Um, Amazon, obviously, yep. has been doubling down. And, and I've investing. actually been watching some of their original series, and they're, uh, I've, I've had a lot of good luck with that. Yeah, there was some big, big buzz around Jack Ryan mm-hmm. um, with, I forget the actual actor's name. Uh, <laughs> this Jim, might not be the right subject for he's us. Always, he's always Jim <laughs> from The Office um, for me. But he did well in Quiet Place, that show that was kind of a horror movie, but that kind of led to Jack Ryan for him. Um, And so there is a lot of investment. And then there's also Apple, who's kind of jumping in the race. Right. And let's talk about Apple. But the reason why we picked this subject was because of some data that Netflix put out. So let's talk about the data first. Um, Netflix has done some analysis that when you showed it to me, I was like, wow. That is awesome analysis. What they're doing is they're looking at viewership throughout the entire movie and seeing when people bail, essentially. And then they're using that to rate the scariest movies on Netflix um, based on the, the bail rate of, of people watching, uh, which, is, which is something that 
I think is a fascinating way of looking at content from the standpoint of uh, how it makes people feel. Oftentimes data is so logical and, and it doesn't get to the emotive side, but they're really putting a, a lens on how they can use data to determine how, pe- how scared people are. Yeah, and it, and it leads to a nice uh, Forbes article for them as well. Yeah. So it kind of serves two purposes. They're able to kind of see how much, what future content they should create by analyzing their own data. Uh, they're able to kind of promote their brand by getting some PR and some earned and owned uh, media out there. And it fits in perfectly with um, an October theme. Yeah, perfect, right? <laughs> so when... When Netflix does this type of analysis, though, they're showing the world that it's possible to understand content in a a much more rigorous way. And we have not seen this kind of analysis from any of the networks. Um, And you know they have a lot of data, but they they don't put it out in this way. And that's always been something, and we tried with uh, the, do- the Digital Insights Group. We tried, in fact, you tried yep. to do some media analysis. What were the challenges with it? Yeah, so for a couple of years, we did this quarterly report on what people were doing with uh, TV Everywhere yeah. content. So that's when you, when you log in with your Comcast or Dish Network or DirecTV credentials, um, that is an Adobe product that right. does that authenticating. And so we had some access to some pretty cool data. Um, but it was tricky to get to uh, a clean data set as far as ad starts, ad, uh, you know, Completes. anything ad related. Yeah. yeah. And seeing when people, you know, it would go in chunks. So it would say people completed 25%, 50%, 75%, and 100%. Um, so you couldn't get precisely how much people actually watched when they bailed. Um, and it may be interesting that Netflix with this subscription model, um, has real usage data that may put them in an advantage to some of this broadcast. I, I, th- I think it might because they're, sh- what they're showing me is that they have the, the chops, to be able to do an analysis that is really hard to do. And I know because we've tried. Um, And the reason why it's so hard to do, well, there's lots of reasons, but one of them is just the sheer size. So if you're going to measure how far people get through something, you actually have to know that they're sort of still there, which is hard to do in media Mm -hmm. because you press play and then it's kind of a passive activity until you – press stop yeah. or pause or anything else. Engaged? Like, are you in the room? Yeah. Like, all that stuff. But also, um, it, it, you have to measure it on a second-by-second basis times millions of views. And so your data set just gets enormous really quickly. And it, it's it, it's one of those pieces of big data analysis that really requires the heaviest of um, processing power. Yep. and. When we were trying to do it, we certainly didn't have enough processing power, so we would have to uh, take do the samples. Best we could. And yep. <laughs> yeah, yep, duct tape and wire. That's right. Sometimes, yeah, um, yeah, but and it shows also. You know, they obviously have the computing ability with all the recommendations things they do. There's definitely machine learning going on there. Uh, there's definitely some AI potential, right? Um, with how they're making these recommendations and how well they think they know us at least. 
And and Amazon is probably equally as good, although perhaps they don't want to share um, because they have such a big name they don't need to. Mm-hmm. But Netflix is trying to keep their name at the forefront, and so they'll probably be more willing to share some of that information. What were the top, uh, or at least a couple of these 10 horror movies that Netflix said were at yeah, the top of the so list? Yeah, so let's see. I, I mean, are, got, are, are our listeners going to agree? We've got Cabin Fever. Um, Carnage Park. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mexico Barbaro. Okay. Like, Piranha. I think I've maybe seen Piranha. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Okay. Hey, that was one of my movie predictions. Yeah, right? Some Remember when you did those? Years ago. Yeah. We predicted that one to be a good one. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, there's not a whole lot in here that I've seen or would even know existed. I, I mean, it doesn't have all the oldies but goodies, but that might be because they're not on Netflix to our previous point. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see. I've heard say I've heard of cabin fever. That's number one. I think that has something to do with like a, a virus that affects people that are in a, uh oh, camping zombie, yeah, the zombie apocalypse. Maybe. Okay, well, you let's get back to the Apple uh, conversation. So, uh, in this uh, article from um, Motley Fool, it was talking about Apple getting into yeah. this content business. What's, yep. what's up with Apple? Yeah, so I think everyone's been in kind of a, a hold pattern to understand what Apple's doing with TV for like a decade now. I mean, are they going to manufacture their own television? Are they just going to go through the Apple TV and have a streaming service? They now offer Amazon um, TV on the Apple TV, which they kind of were the last holdouts for that. Right. Um but they've they've brought on some high profile deals uh, with M Night Shyamalan, Reese Witherspoon, and Jennifer Aniston to create programs for them. So it shows that they are investing some money into creating content. But to your point earlier when we were talking, does does Apple see a streaming service, or do they want us to buy these programs like on iTunes, or what's kind of their end game? Yeah, and. All right, this might be a good time to just remind all our listeners that our views are our own and not necessarily shared by our employer. <laughs> but let's talk about Apple for a second because I've I've been very vocal in my confusion, honestly, over how well that company continues to do because um, it's not really about the device income. It's more about the content income. And they made so much money off of us buying our songs on iTunes and it made it very sticky because we couldn't take our songs with us. And so, you know, at the time anyways. And so we were kind of locked into Apple devices. Um, and what, you know, what happened is we switched over to subscription model. And we switched to Pandora and Spotify. And they were late to the game with Apple Music. Uh, and it's still not number one. It's people have gotten used to other things. There is, It certainly has come along uh, in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but it's not number one, and that's kind of unusual for Apple, really. Yep. But they were going to introduce a television service a couple of years ago. It was one of those things that was hotly debated over whether they were going to do it. And then they said that they needed more time, and, they, and, it, and then they kind of let the whole subject die. We haven't heard a whole lot about the Apple television service. The reality is that we don't want to pay for content. We want to rent it, and we want a subscription model. And I don't see how they're going to make some of this content, unless they're making the content and then it will go into all these other subscription models, which would be an open system kind of scenario that Apple's not known for. (laughs) But... Maybe they're starting to change along those lines, and they just want to help foster great video content. 
Yeah, I mean, they certainly continues their their part of the four horsemen of the tech apocalypse <laughs> right. that we that we created um, with Apple and Amazon a part of that as well. Um, so Apple, Amazon, Netflix—they're all—they're all doubling down on content. They're all kind of seeing the potential here, and we're living in a subscription world. Uh, everyone's looking at ARR on the street, Wall Street. Uh, that's annual recurring revenue. Um, so gone are the days of this ebb and flows of product releases, uh, yeah. similar to what Adobe's done, um, and. They recognize also the value of getting into people's living rooms and kind of anchoring us to their brand with with content. Well, content is probably a subject we'll come back to. Um, what's you know what's not scary is we're going to talk about the upcoming holiday season and we're going to talk about a new report that has come out on creativity from Adobe, which has some interesting findings that are not scary, but we're not going to talk about them today because we are out of time. So we are. that was our podcast for the day. And I think we had two in a row talking about Netflix. So, you know, Netflix, you're going to have to wait a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll space it out. We're going to space it out. All right. Thanks for listening. And please communicate with us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear about. And if you find any data that you think is interesting um, that you think we might want to talk about on our show, please let us know. Shoot it out to us or post it on our Slack channel. See you next time. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Share your thoughts and data you find interesting on our Slack channel, JNT Data Talk. And follow us on Twitter at, at Tamara G and at Joe D. Marty.